I just have some exercise to start. It's part of my New Year's resolution here, so I thought maybe I'd just bring these up. I don't know if uh, I need to lose weight before I can sit on these or not, but uh, yeah, we'll just get these ready here. Don't mind me. Uh, how you guys doing? Good. You have a good Christmas? Let's see. These have to be just, just right. And I think, does that, does that look all right? All right, we're here. We're here. Okay, I think I'm supposed to insert some sort of a, a joke like, oh, this is going to be the best sermon you've hear, heard this year. <laughs> but there's going to be a keener because podcasts are a thing, and someone like went for an early morning walk and you listened to one, didn't you? you you're going to ruin my joke? No, just kidding. Um, you you could have listened to Kenzie's from last month and then you would have you won. But are there any kids in the place? There's some CP kids here. Did you guys get kids packs on the way in? No, yes. There's some, there's some that you can get. There's even some stickers. Who loves stickers? Any, you love stickers? Me too. It's good. There's a little uh, take-home sheet here, a little tiny one. Um, th this sheet in particular lines up with these, which we'll talk about in a few moments. And they look uh, like they're a good size for someone smaller than me. Um, it's a little different than Christmas Eve, but we have uh, a couple things for you to work on if you, if you would so desire. Uh, one about following Jesus. There's, there's kind of like a, a little word search here. And then there's a, a scripture verse that we're going to talk about too, so you can use that. And then here's a cool idea. Maybe some adults could get this too. It's the, uh, the sermon notes for kids. I think that'll be kind of fun too. And so if you like to follow along in that way, you can do so. And, uh, and it's going to be good. You know, there, this time of year, often we're thinking about, you know, the year in review. We're thinking about 2022 and we're thinking about all the things that happen, good and bad and everything in between. Looking forward, though, often there's something that kind of is highlighted for us, and uh, I don't know if you guys know much about the Pantone colors and things like that, but for the last 20-some years, they've had a color of the year, and this year is Viva Magenta. Doesn't that want to make you sing, Viva Magenta? <laughs> no? Okay, just me? I just wanted to highlight, it's, uh, it, that's, that's the color and shading and all, all of that, and uh, this is what they wrote on their website. It, it vibrates with vim and vigor. It's brave and fearless, powerful and empowering, and electrifying, boundaryless, is that a word? Shade that is manifesting as a standout statement. Don't you want to just claim that color as your own today? Wouldn't that be good? Amen. Let's go. Um, so Christmas Eve, just, just for the record, we also had like, like an all-in service, although there were multiple of them. And what was awesome is we had sermon bingo for kids and all the words that we used and there was someone that was trying to fill like the whole, the whole sheet and there was one word that I didn't say until like the last thing. But what was great is at our 4 p.m. service, I'm in the middle of preaching and then all of a sudden we just hear bingo and it was awesome. And so today, uh, maybe you could replace it with amen, that would be fine too, but whatever you want to do, if, you, if there's something... 
uh, that just strikes you and you're just like, yes, bingo. I mean, amen. Yep, that's, that's the one. You guys feel free to do that. Maybe start a new trend for 2023. But Viva Magenta. Viva Magenta, everyone. Uh, that'll be our, our greeting for this morning. So we're in a new series. You just saw the kicker video for it. Did you see the person getting ready and then they were running a race? Well, starting lines, uh, we'll talk about a finish line later, but starting lines, the tagline for this is that every next step in your faith journey is a new starting line. So we're not just talking about the original starting line, which we'll talk about, but any time you could have a new starting line. And so these chairs, you were wondering about them. Perhaps I could just test, is this, is this risky? And so <laughs> I'll take a risk here. So, so we're going to talk about the four chairs and the ideas that you start in. This is the first chair, and that you would move over here. You don't necessarily have to sit in these ones, but just, just for purpose of illustration, you don't want to just get to the second chair. You want to keep moving down the line. And so we've talked about this before, but even if you're visiting or, or this is your first time at church, it'll make sense in just a moment. And so throughout Scripture, there's this guy named um, Dr. Dan Spader that noticed this throughout Scripture. He used this at his church. He started by using it with um, his staff and volunteers and, and his board. And he worked through, he walked through um, basically things that he noticed from the Gospels. So number one is that chair number one is, is a seeker. Chair number one is someone who you've heard Jesus or someone else say, come and see. And so the idea of this is this comes from scripture where um, these guys were, were following, they were kind of checking out Jesus, and then uh, he turns to them and asks what they want, and, and they're just like, uh, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. Uh, but that was also a principle later on for inviting someone or, or just letting someone come and see who Jesus is. And so someone might start as a seeker, and they're in chair number one, come and see. But the idea is that you wouldn't just stay in that first chair. Something might happen after you've, you've come to see who Jesus is, then you can make this decision. And so chair number two, when you you move from one to two, all of a sudden you can become a believer, someone who believes in Jesus and who he says he is. And when he says to you, follow me, uh, that's, that's when you become, follow me and become my disciple. Follow me and be my disciple is the way he put it to a number of different people in scripture. And so the idea is that you don't just stay as a seeker, someone who's just coming to see, although we want to be patient for someone to have that opportunity. We want someone to have that starting line in their faith to actually, when they feel like Jesus is saying personally to you, to me, to say, follow me and be my disciple, that you take Jesus at that offer. That moves you into a new starting line. And so now you're in this second chair, and I really hope one of these doesn't cave on me when I'm doing this as an illustration. Uh, but when you're in chair number two, you're a believer. You're someone who is following Jesus. You're a disciple. You're a child of God. And so it's, it's incredible to get here, but for, for some people, they unfortunately stay in this chair. Even though Jesus is calling them to more, they unfortunately just stay in this chair. And so what I want to convince you of and encourage you with is that uh, we need to continue down the line and we need to invite people into their next chair. And there's a lot of little micro steps in between that we'll look at too. So when you get into chair number two, you're then a believer. 
You could call yourself a Christian. You're a disciple of Jesus. He says, follow me and be my disciple. And you're like, I'm going to follow you. And so that is a starting line in your faith journey. And so when you get on down to, uh, to number three here, the idea is that Jesus, and he did this to his initial disciples who happened to be some of them fishermen, and he says, come follow me, I will show you how to fish for people. And so there might be a few of you that are actual fishermen in here, and, and, and that's okay if you're not, but the idea is that you, you become a worker. Chair number three is a worker. And so when you get into this chair, you're someone who serves, you volunteer. You're not just serving Jesus, but Jesus is using you to create more disciples and to serve other disciples and, and others just in general. Uh, but actually, there's one more step to make. And so you, you want to get to this seat, but there's still something that remains. And so chair number four, if you picture Jesus saying, therefore, go and make disciples, that, that's the Great Commission, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But when you get to chair four, you're a disciple maker. And so the idea is that it starts with come and see and you still want someone to come and see Jesus and, and come invite them into a place like this, a gathering, invite them into a small group or into your home. You want someone to get to come and see Jesus, but you don't want them to only come and see Jesus. You want them to be able to take their first step in following him. And then you want to help them to, to be able to obey when he says, I'll, I'll help you to fish for people. You want them to become a worker too. And then when you get to seat four, you're someone who is helping someone at any point in the process. He says one more thing too. Uh, so when Dr. Dan Spader's talking about this, not just the Great Commission, but he's also saying go and produce much and lasting fruit. And so in, in John uh, 15, 16, he, he was just talking about how he's the vine and we're the branches. And so if you remain in me, you'll, you'll be able to produce because of, of Jesus. And so Jesus wants us to make disciples. He wants us to produce much and lasting fruit. And so that's the point is that, you again, you would start, just as a recap, someone would start as a seeker. They would come and see and then as we've talked about before, it's like the lost is now found. Remember the lost sheep from not too long ago? Uh, it's a great parable, but then someone is then found. Uh, but they need to help to, to, to see other people be found as well. And so they continue to be a worker, someone who helps. And then they get to this spot where they're, they're not just helping, but they're seeing results. They're seeing other people come to become believers and then ultimately full disciples of Jesus. That's good news. So I want to look into scripture today. I want to uh, read for you. We took just a snippet, but I'm going to read for you. Uh, Jesus came to his disciples. This is after Easter. So I know we just, we, just had, uh, uh, we just had Christmas, but here we are, and we're talking as though it's, it's after Good Friday. It's after Easter. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. We call this the Great Commission, and often in our Bibles, that's, that's what's listed above. And what I was just reading to you in, in my particular Bible is in red letters. So it, it's kind of highlighted that Jesus himself said this. And so Matthew recorded this, 
and, and he's, that's actually the last thing in, in his gospel account um, is, is what Jesus says to his initial disciples. We can obviously see that, you know, 2,000 years later, roughly, uh, we're here because they actually took him at his word and they said, yeah, okay, we trust that this Jesus who we saw him crucified, we saw him die, we actually, you know, buried him in a tomb, uh, but he didn't stay there. He got up. He was risen from the dead. He is alive. And so when he says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth, we can probably trust him with that. And so when he says, therefore, go, and by the way, it does mean go, and thankfully people have, that we continue to go to the ends of the earth, and we're going to continue to do that. But some have translated that the, the initial wording about go and make disciples is as you go. Uh, because people rarely stay in one place. People just happen to spread out. So it's like you're going to be going different places. And so as you go, make disciples. So it doesn't mean just because you haven't gone personally to the ends of the earth. Thankfully, Crosspoint and churches just like us, we have at least supported people who have gone to the ends of the earth. And so that's part of it. But what if someone's in your neighborhood? I'm going to share a challenge. Even if you're visiting and you don't live in Fredericton proper, uh, I'm going to give you a challenge at the end that anyone can participate in. But uh, I guess it was last year, now that I think of it, uh, back in March of, of 2022, I was sharing a little bit on this exact passage. And I said, did, did you notice that Jesus kind of made a sandwich for us? He made a Great Commission sandwich, and as funny as that might sound, it's because it starts with he has all the authority, and then he ends with I'll be with you always. And so if he has all the authority, whatever he's about to say, and if he's going to be with us always, it's probably going to work out. It's probably going to be okay. He didn't give us necessarily a step-by-step -step of here's exactly how to do it in, in every day and age and every kind of context. That's not the most important part. He's sharing with us that he has all the authority. So when he says, therefore, go, a disciple is going to obey his word. And as he continues to say, so go and make disciples. Okay, that's our mission to go and make, dis to make disciples. And because it's called the Great Commission, it's actually something where we're co-laborers with Christ in this. We're not going alone. And so he's with us every step of the way. Bingo. Amen whatever it might be. And so when he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we'll share in a moment that there's an upcoming opportunity for that. If someone hasn't done that, when they come and see and then they all of a sudden become a believer, your, your next step, your next starting line in your faith journey is to get baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so we give opportunities for that for this reason. That's part of my responsibility and ours as a church to see people obey the commands of Jesus and become a disciple. And so if baptizing is part of it, which it is, then we want to encourage someone to make that step. And so we do that and we continue. Uh, he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And so what this means, and this is part of it is my responsibility, but we have a shared responsibility to, to teach our kids, to teach each other, to remind each other Obedience is this scary thing, and we don't like to talk about it much, but the idea here is that Jesus is actually moving us from follow me to obey me, but the thing is, it's really always been follow me and obey me. Sometimes people think that if I just get into here, he said, follow me and be my disciple, okay, I'm in, that's it, autopilot. 
It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. A disciple is someone who continually obeys Jesus. And so if he says, I'm going to make you fish for people, then you need to move into that next seat. And you can't just stay there either because he's saying you actually have to go and make disciples of all nations. As you go, whether you're staying in Marysville, whether you're spreading out, whether you're going to Japan or supporting someone there, that you would make disciples of all nations, you'd baptize them, that you would produce much and lasting fruit. And so that's the goal. And although it seems like this is the destination, it doesn't mean it's over because it's a continual process of helping everyone in all the seats. And it's not just the pastor's responsibility. And so Jesus is moving us from follow me to obey me. But follow me really means follow and obey me. It's always meant that, and so it's a good reminder of us. So back in March of last year, when we were looking at these four chairs, not original to me, but it's Dr. Dan Spader, we noticed that there's actually some in-betweens. We noticed that actually uh, there's this in-between thing where it it becomes uh, apparent that you start to love Jesus, and Jesus is the king, and so the way that we phrased it is, I love my king, and so that's something that starts around here. And it doesn't end there. We notice that, especially in some of the things I'm going to share, it moves to, I love my church. We are the church. Church is not just a location or a building. It's a people. And so it has to move us from, I love my king, to, I love my church. Bingo. And then you move over here. It doesn't just stay there, although please keep loving your king. Please keep loving your church. But it moves on to I love my city. And that's why we spent the fall in a, in a kind of a combo series on those two things is that when you start to love your king who is Jesus and you're obedient to him, by nature you start loving the people and the things that he loves as well. And by the way, it doesn't end at city. Imagine if that was true. No, it's, it's Fredericton city limits and that's it. No, that's obviously not, not the case. And so uh, at Crosspoint, this is how how we kind of summarize it is is that this is kind of an example that we've uh, gleaned from Dr. Dan Spader. Uh, It came out of um, an interaction I had on Zoom with him and some other pastors on the district. And so as he was teaching on this, as he shared a book on this, it's been very helpful to see these are are the few steps that it takes to be a, a fully committed follower, a fully committed disciple of Jesus. And so here, being particular to Crosspoint is, we notice it this way, instead of four things, maybe Maybe it's three. It's if you love your king who is Jesus, if you love your king, if you love your church and you love your city, you're doing well as a disciple. And so that's kind of the, the summary of it all. The discipleship process. So we're saying in this series, it's a starting line. Every next step that you take is a new starting line. It's kind of like ready, set, go. Uh, every next step, whatever those steps might be, that's a new starting line. But the idea that we've heard before from Eugene Peterson, he's the one who paraphrased uh, what's called the message. He took the Bible and he tried to make it in, in common language. He says it this way, discipleship is long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction would be if someone takes Jesus at his first offer to just come and see, and you check him out at that, and then you start to obey him. It's long obedience in the same direction, and so we're talking about every time we we obey him, that's a new starting line in our faith. And so this whole series is going to be on very particular. After this week, we're going to become really specific on these. Here's just a few. So 
The first thing would be to respond to the good news. Jesus actually comes with this good news and he says the time promised by God has come at last. So therefore repent and and believe in the good news. Believe in me essentially is what he's saying. And so when you begin to follow Jesus, that's a starting line in your discipleship process. But the next thing would be to get baptized, and so we're going to create an opportunity in about a month's time where someone, if you haven't been baptized yet, that's a perfect opportunity. So we're not going to take you down to the Nashwalk today. There's probably a a puddle we could take you out if we really had to. Uh, We won't do that today. Uh, But we are creating an opportunity. And so this is open for anyone of any age. We we have uh, really a young age here all the way up into the 90s, which is awesome, and we celebrate that. If someone hasn't been baptized and you've decided to follow Jesus, that's your next step. That's a starting line in your faith. And so no matter what age, we want to give you that opportunity. So we have some CP kids here. You can talk to me. You can talk to your kids pastor, Nikki. You can talk to your parents. We can meet together. We can chat. Uh, All the way up to, to seniors, we would love to chat with you if you haven't done this yet. We want you to make this decision, and it's my role to encourage you to make that decision. That's a starting point. We'll celebrate it. We'll make some space back here. We'll move this, uh, and and we'll fill the baptismal. We have a nice heater. It it won't be a hot tub, but it won't be uh, ice chunks floating around either. And so we want to celebrate that as a church. We take it seriously when Jesus says, go make disciples and baptize them. We're going to do that right here later this month. So you can do that. Some, some people call them spiritual disciplines. I'm not going to list every single one there ever is. Uh, but, but praying, we're going to have a specific opportunity for that in a challenge with that. But praying, reading the Bible is, is part of being a, a disciple. Worshiping as we just did, but also in private, whether it's in your home, whether it's on a drive, whether it's walking the dog or whatever it might be, but worshiping. And there's so, so much more there. Joining community, not just coming to a gathering, but, but being a part of a gathering like this or wherever you live to get plugged in, get connected. Uh, Later this month, we'll have opportunity to take part in communion. That's the Lord's Supper. That's actually something between us and the Lord, but it's also between us and each other. It's it's good news that we get to tangibly participate in, in the gospel, in the good news, and receive that on a regular basis. And so it's a means of grace we get to take part in together. It involves forgiveness, not just Jesus forgiving us, but us forgiving each other. And so that's part of the discipleship process. You can help others connect. You can invite them in the first place, or, or you can just simply uh, you know, be a friend. You, you can recognize that once you become a, a, a follower of Jesus, as a believer, we take him at his word that he says, for all who believed in me and received me, I give them the right to become a child of God. And so when you do that, you become part of a family that's much bigger than the one you were born into initially. You become a child of God. And so you want to, to help others who are also children of the king uh, to, to be welcome and, and feel nourished in a place like this. You want to love and serve one another. Volunteer because we need you. And so when someone makes it to chair three, this is, you know, I'm going to make you fish for people. And it's not simply in a discipleship as as in trying to get a new recruit. It's not simply just fishing like that. But we think of it, and Dr. Dan Spader calls it a worker, someone who is serving, serving the king, but serving each other. 
There's so many practical ways from kids' ministry to serving coffee to being in the parking lot. Uh, there's so many things, youth group, uh, worship, uh, media behind the scenes. There's prayer ministries. There's so many things we'll give you more specific details on in the coming days. Giving generously. You know, the disciples give. Uh, they give. Their, their tithe is that 10%, the first 10%. It's something that's been modeled uh, way back to the time of Abraham. And, and it's something that, that Jesus still wants us to participate in. It's something between you and your king, but it's also something practical for local churches and beyond. And actually, as a church, we kind of have a tithe to the the district, and the district does to the general conference, and it's how we continue to do the ministries here and abroad. And so being generous and, and, and sharing your testimony, we think of it like this. You have a story. If you're someone who came to see, and then you got to the point where you started following Jesus, you have a story to tell. And, and there's nothing too big or too small to, to share in that. Being able to share up here is, is one thing, and, and this is important too. Uh, but think of it, if all of us left here and were able to share our story with someone who needed to hear about Jesus, everyone would have the opportunity to come and see Jesus. And then they'd have the opportunity to move into that next chair and, and become part of this family. And not just locally here, but part of the greater family, the capital C Church. That's good news. Bingo. Again, uh, to share your testimony, but also the gospel. Sometimes you can share it in like three to 30 seconds or three minutes or 30 minutes. Uh, The idea of the gospel, it should be easy enough for a child to understand, but something that we're still wrestling with, those of us that have followed Jesus for a long time, understanding how could he love us so much that he would be willing to lay his own life down? That's the gospel, and so sharing that with someone else is important. Partnering with, supporting local missions and global. Uh, We have opportunities even in Bahamas this year now. And so as we get to support uh, both missions and relief work, uh, the Westland Church is part of both. And and traditionally, this this church here in Marysville, over the years, we've continued to produce uh, people who have gone on, not just to be pastors, but to be missionaries and and to serve in uh, such a variety of different ways. And so wouldn't it be great to, to continue that legacy that has been going on for like 128, going on 129 years now, that we could continue here, this, this little church on the hill, behind the mill in the ville, that we could continue to support people that are much further than, than Marysville. I think that would be really good. To pray for each other and to pray for others, including our enemies. Wouldn't we want, if we could want the best thing for our neighbors wherever we live, wouldn't the best thing, wouldn't that be for them to, to come and see Jesus and have the opportunity to believe in him and, and trust in him? Wouldn't that be the best thing for everyone? Even someone who you disagree with, even someone who, who looks and sounds very different than you are and has a different worldview right now, what if they had the opportunity because of your prayers, because of the work that our church did for them to start following Jesus? Isn't that what it's all about? And so I want to talk about this. This is every next step. In your faith is a new starting line. And so whatever it is, whether it's getting baptized later this month, maybe it's participating in communion and you've never done that before. Maybe it's to start giving. Picture just like the video at the beginning. Imagine someone is is ready and we want to create a starting line and just imagine that it's on your mark 
get set, go. We want to encourage wherever you are, there's a next step for all of us to continue following Jesus. He's moving us from follow me to follow and obey me. And so by doing that, we want to create these starting lines. And so that's the idea. You might be wondering, but John, like, is there a finish line? If you just get to to chair number four, isn't that it? Aren't you done? Uh, maybe this is just the beginning, really. Uh, but as long as, as we're permitted to, to serve Jesus on, on this side of eternity, think of it this way. The finish line truly is hearing Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. There would be nothing better than that. And so no matter where you currently are in the faith journey, no matter which chair you're currently in, there's a next step to help you move you down the line. Not just to the next chair, but all those increments in between. Uh, And I want to give you a really practical thing here in a moment. This really sounds like a lot of it is about us, but hopefully you're seeing that it's also about other people. And so you are supposed to be a disciple and move down, but a disciple is someone who makes other disciples. And so that's what we're called to do. Bingo. So the the real question is, what helps someone else give their whole life to Jesus? What helps someone else give their whole life to Jesus? Well, at any step, it could be helping someone to come and see for the first time. It could be to help them to come and see again. It could be to help them to realize that Jesus is saying to every individual, follow me and be my disciple. Imagine that, that victory, imagine that celebration when you see someone cross that initial line of faith and all of a sudden they're trusting Jesus with their whole life. What's better than that? And then to see them and encourage them to get baptized and start loving and, and supporting their local church. And not just that, but go beyond that. And so we think that we should keep moving down the line in our faith journey. But every next step is a new starting line. So here's something really particular that we can do as a church. We've already begun this. When you leave here today, you'll have an opportunity in the lobby to see a massive kind of poster of of our city. Here's the thing. Some of us live outside the city limits. Some of us are visiting here today. That's okay. This is an all skate. All can participate in different ways, and, and those of you online as well. But really the prayer would be this. Thinking of the Lord's Prayer when he says, on earth as it is in heaven, what if we prayed in Fredericton as it is in heaven? What if wherever you live, on my street as it is in heaven? What about in my house as it is in heaven? Anywhere that we exist during the week, uh, you know, if, if you're at the mall, at the Regent Mall as it is in heaven, you could pray that. That would be okay. And so here's particularly what Crosspoint is up to, and I want to invite you in, even if you're simply visiting today, but, but this is something for anyone of any age to participate in. Crosspoint is going to pray for everyone in Fredericton on every street, at every school, at every business, until we've prayed for every one in Fredericton. It's easy to say everyone as if it's just this lump sum, but no, every individual one, every one. So we're going to pray for every person, and wherever you're at, we would encourage you to do the same. Uh, list in Maine the way life should be, in Presque Isle as it is in heaven, no matter where you live, in, in Keswick, 
St. Mary's, wherever you live as it is in heaven. Imagine if that was our prayer. And so the challenge here is that this actually helps to move things to help people to get to a new starting line. But prayer is part of that spiritual discipline between you and the Lord, but between other believers as well. You can do this from the comfort of your home. Uh, You can do this from the couch. You can do this on your knees. But something else you can do is actually physically go to a place and pray. And so we would encourage you uh, in the lobby, and if you're online and you want to let us know where you've prayed, we'll put a pin there. Not just where you live, uh, but anywhere you go. And and what's awesome is kids have already started doing this. And so I, I saw like uh, I, I can't even spell Russia Gornish, but someone uh, wrote down Russia Gornish and, and like put it on the map close to where generally that would be. Someone else put like Pepper Creek. I think two people did, and we'll keep praying for Pepper Creek. Uh, but wherever it is, Pennyac, we'll, we'll put that on the map. And and there's just so many ways that we can do this. And so we would encourage you, even if you're praying uh, today by the end of service, why don't you participate? Go out to the map. Look, if you're directionally challenged, we'll help you with that. We'll show you where the river is. The St. John River kind of flows in between. But wherever you are, uh, what I did with the dog is one day, instead of putting the, the white things in my ears, I just walked with the dog and, and I kind of went through the whole neighborhood uh, by us and, and I just prayed. I thought, wow, there's way more houses than I thought. And, and so wherever you're at, if, if you're in a waiting room, imagine praying for someone else who's anxious about test results. What if you were praying for them in, in, that, in that opportunity? It's not just so that someone would, would get saved, but maybe you're praying for healing. Uh, maybe you're praying for whatever the next step someone might have. It might be their very first step toward Jesus. It might be that you encourage them to stay the course, that long obedience in the same direction. So this is something we, we've already begun. We're not going to stop. It's a, it's a new year, but we, we want a kind of a, a fresh, um, invigorated kind of approach to this. And so uh, we encourage you to participate in it. We want to pray for everyone, wherever we live. It just so happens that this church is in Marysville, which is on the north side, which is in Fredericton. But as it expands outward, we're people who we love our king, we love our church, we love our city and beyond. And so would you, would you pray with us in that way? Would you pray, may it be so in wherever you're praying as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for uh, this new year and how in, in many ways this can be kind of a, a fresh Um, a fresh approach for us, and it's not just a resolution we're looking for here or a goal, but we know that uh, every new day that that you've created is is a clean and blank slate for us, and so we thank you for that and the possibility and the excitement, and so we just lay ourselves before you now as we're praying for others. What would help someone else give their whole life to Jesus? Well, we ourselves need to be doing that as well. And so as we just trust you, you've already said to follow me, and so we want to be your disciple by making other disciples. We want to obey you in the little things, in the big things, everything in between. And if there's someone here today that they can picture that next step, would you empower them now? Would we be able to encourage them on your market set go towards obeying you? You're the one true king. We love you. We want to serve you in this way, and right now we're about to worship you. And so we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.